And amen. How's everyone doing this morning? Come on. Hope you have a good week this week. Remain standing with me as we get ready for the Word of God today. We're going to go to the book of Acts chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. You got a husband for that. (laughs) Acts chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. This is what the Word of God says. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter... He asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Notice that instantly he became strong. He jumped to his feet, began to walk, then he went with them to the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for another week that we can start off with you. I pray that you would use me today to teach your word and apply it to our lives, Father. And I pray, God, that you would open our hearts to understand. And like this man, Lord, that you would really just work in our lives in such a way, Father, that we can only give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You guys can have a seat as we get into this passage of Scripture. For the past few months, I've been in my own time in studying the Scriptures. And I started particularly studying people in the Bible whose lives were out of control. You see, if when you think about the term out of control, how many of you have ever felt like your lives or something in your life was just out of control? Show me your hands for a moment there. See, everyone in this room today just feels, see, the term out of control means to be unable to manage, to handle or have the power over something. So when we think that our lives are out of control, what you're really saying is, I can't handle this. I'm not able to maintain it. I'm I'm not able to manage. And when you think about this phrase, out of control, a lot of us would really describe our lives that way. Maybe when you turn on the news and you watch our country right now, maybe some of us say, man, our country is out of control. For some of us, we might think, well, it's my finances. They're completely out of control right now. I'm in debt. I can't pay this. I need to pay that. Other people might say, well, pastor, when I think about out of control, I think about my kids. When I think about out of control, I think about my attitude. I just have no control over it. I'm angry. I'm upset all the time. I have a hot temper. Other people might say, well, Pastor, when I think about out of control, I think about my addictions and my habits that seem to control me, and I can't control them. Some people, their emotions are out of control. And one day you wake up happy, then the, by the time you go back to bed, you're sad, you're irritable, you're moody, your emotions just dictate the rest of your day. A lot of us, when we think about the phrase, out of control, I believe there's an area in our lives we can really point to. And when I think about the phrase, out of control... What I really think about is the way that God does not want you feeling like that. God does not want you to be unstable. God does not want you to be emotionally out of control. God wants you to know that even though your life may seem like it's out of control, even though there are things in your life that are out of your control, we serve a God that's always in control and He is under control. Therefore, you can live a life of peace and joy knowing God is in 
control. So for the next several weeks, all the way through Easter, I want to bring you this study that I've been doing. And I've titled it, Out of Control. How to regain control of yourself. And I want to start with this man we talked about. The Bible says he was a lame person. He was a lame man, couldn't walk. How many lame people do I have here? See, I want to teach you this morning how to stop being lame. And I know this man's, the term lame means that you can't walk, but the reality is this man, the Bible says, was lame. His life was difficult. What's sad about this man's life is he could not pick himself up. Not that he wouldn't, he couldn't. He was in so much pain. And the reality is is that this man's life was so out of control, he could not get himself up. And when I look at so many people today, I think they relate to this man. When I look at all the people in the Bible, I see a lot of them whose lives are so out of control, they could not pick themselves up. And maybe you realize that maybe you need to start getting up more in life. You've been down for so long. You've been depressed and discouraged and worried and anxious and afraid. And every day of your life, you may get out of bed, you may get up, but you stay down the rest of the day. You're down emotionally, you're down spiritually, you're down physically, your marriage is down, your kids are down, everything around you is down. If you can describe the life of this man in one word was simply put, down. He could not get himself up. But in the end of his life, in the end of this story, you see how he was able to get up, he began to praise God, jump around, and he saw God work in his life. Do you want that for your life? Or do you want to stay the rest of your life down? Do you want to come to church down? Do you want to go to work down? Do you want to raise your kid down? Do you want to be a downer your whole life? Or do you want to experience the praise and the glory of God like this man did? And you say, well, pastor, yeah, I want to get up. Well, you need to realize what this man did. Because today I want to pick you guys up a little. Today I want to see God work in your life in such a way because you've been down. You're down because of guilt. You're down because of your past and mistakes you've made. You're down because of loss and things you've lost and people you've lost. You're down because life is not what you expected it to be. And when you look at this man in the Bible, his life was so out of control, he couldn't get up. This man's life was broken. This man was in pain. This man sadly needed to depend on people. This man's life was hopeless. This man's life was about to be changed forever. You know what this man teaches me? You may have gotten a bad start in life. This man was born lame. You may have had a bad start, but you can have an incredible finish when you realize that God is in control. The truth about this man in the Bible, can we give him a name so I can just stop saying this man? What's his name? Let's name him something. Anyone, shout it out. Frank, Frank, I love it. Frank. Oh, Frank was down. But it wasn't his fault. The Bible says he was born this way. 
So there's a, a real important truth you need to learn about this story that really is going to teach you a lot about life. Life, ready? Life is unfair. It's unfair. And I know that you think life should be fair and God should be fair, but if God were fair, all of us would die in our sins and go to hell. And Jesus would not have died on the cross because Jesus could have said, that's not fair. I didn't sin. They did. So can we give God praise for being a little bit unfair? God is unfair. This man's struggle in life was completely out of his control. Because as controlling as you may be, there are things in life you cannot control. Can I get a witness? You cannot control people. You can't control the parents you're born with. You can't control the family you have. You can't control the people you work with. You can't control what people will do. You can't choose your family. You can choose your spouse, but you can't control what they're going to do. We want control of our lives. And when people are out of control, we get out of control because we are controlling. But God wants you to know you cannot control life. You cannot control circumstances. There are certain times people are going to do something or say something that are completely out of your control. So a lot of us say, I can't believe they did that. Why can't you believe it? We want control. You can't control what happened to you. But you can control how you will react. You can control how you will let it affect you. And so many of us allow the uncontrollable circumstances of our lives to control us emotionally and break us and bring us down. But you can't control what happens. Life is unfair. And whatever happened to you, though sad and unfair, you cannot allow it to control you. You cannot allow your emotions to be controlled by what happened in the past. You cannot allow your emotions to be controlling you by what someone did or did not do for you. You cannot control life. But you can't control how you are let it affect you. And so many people allow the uncontrollable circumstances of life to control them with bitterness. He left you years ago. You're still bitter. They said that days ago, months ago. You can't get over it. You get controlled by anger. You get controlled by bitterness. You get controlled by all these emotions because you've allowed the uncontrollable to control you. But if you can tell yourself, I have no control over this, but God does, you might actually enjoy life more. You might actually have more peace. And what's truly sad about this story and this man that we call Frank is that as he laid there, I'm sure he thought to himself, this is so unfair. I'm sure he got the violin out and said, man, my life is so hard and this is so unfair and why was I born this way? He maybe thought as he sat there on the ground, he saw everyone walking. Do you know the emotional torture that would bring to someone's life? Seeing other people have what you can't? It was like he was sitting on the ground. He was watching everyone walk. And he probably thought, why them and not me? It's the same thing when you log on to your Facebook and you look at everyone and they're married, you're not. They have kids and you don't. They got a promotion, you're jobless. They're healthy, you're sick. And life is so unfair. You're going to see God do for others what he, you think he should do for you. You see how quiet it just got? 
Because in your mind you're saying, but that's not fair. But that's not fair. Everyone is walking, he can't. Everyone is living life, he can't. It's out of his control. When you think about this man's life, you ever played the game Monopoly? Doesn't this bring the inner demon out? You know what's interesting about this series? Every character I'm going to speak on is going to relate to a board game. And when I think about this man, Frank, his life represents Monopoly. In Monopoly, there's a, there's a card and it's called Chance. Because that's what life is. It's all a chance. And in Monopoly, when you roll the die, guess what? You can't control where you land. So in Monopoly, as the dice go and roll, you can move, and sometimes it's great, and you can buy some property, and you get a nice little house, and other times you go to jail. You got to pay taxes. You got to pay rent. You lose money. That's not fair. But it's life. You don't know where you're going to land next. Life is so uncertain that you don't know what's going to happen Monday. What's going to happen Tuesday? What's going to happen next year? What's going to happen when I retire? What's going to happen in 10 years from now? Life is so uncontrollable. You don't know where you're going to land. But here's the truth. It's unfair. It's not right. And this man, his life was completely broken. His life was completely shattered. And it wasn't fair because you ever notice when you play Monopoly, it's like everyone else is winning but you? And they're like just right in front of you going like this. For old, old school people, remember this? I don't like that debit card stuff. And remember, it's like, oh my gosh, how am I going to organize all this? Remember that person? How am I going to organize all this? Here, you can have a dollar. It'll be nice. Remember that person? In life, you're going to see other people better off. In life, it's going to be unfair. You're going to take chances. Life is going to hurt you. It's going to get you down. This man's life was just like Monopoly. And unfortunately, his life was broken. So imagine that this man's life was broken. Let me break this for a minute. See this? Can you imagine this man's life? Broken? You ever feel like this? This, this glass just broke because something strong and impactful hit it. Come on, church. Have you ever been hit so hard it just broke you? Has something in life hit you? That, was it a person you loved? Was it a person you trusted? Was it a person you invested in and they just shattered you? What Was it a dream? That you really expected that you were going to get? You really expected your life to look a certain way, but something happened and impacted you so strong, it just broke you? See, I know that you can't control where the dice goes. You can't control what's going to happen. But here's one thing I know is certain about life. It will break you. And it's unfair. This man's life was so broken, it got God's attention. Because the more broken you are, believe me, the more God is looking at you. 
And you might have been broken for years and days and months. But I guarantee before you were even broken, God already knew what would break you. And maybe you're allowing what broke you to control you. But you know what God says? Even though you're broken, even though you've shattered, if you trust me enough, I can bless you. If you trust me enough, I can fix you. If you believe me enough, I can bring something out better. The last thing this man thought was that God was about to change his life. That God was about to heal him. That God was about to use him. That's why no matter how out of control your life may be, God is so in control, He has a divine purpose for everything you go through. And He has a plan for it. Romans 8.28 says that God causes all things for good for those who love Him. But here's a hard thing. The Bible says that God, God works all things for good. For those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. See, this is a promise for believers. If you love Jesus and you're a believer, God says everything that happens in your life, I have a purpose for. Everything you go through, I can work with. That's why no matter how broken you are, no matter how hurt and shattered you were left, God says, don't count yourself out. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. If you remain to understand that I'm in control out of what's out of control, you can actually know that God is working something good in your life. So you don't have to stay down. You don't control life. But God does. And maybe you landed somewhere in life that just broke you. Maybe you, land some, you landed somewhere in life that you just lost. You've lost a marriage, you've lost a child, you've lost a job. And maybe you've landed somewhere in life that has you afraid. You don't know how it's going to ha- what's going to happen, what's the outcome, how am I going to pay this? But it doesn't make sense for a child of God to live their life with fear. To live their life with this uncertainty that controls them. When you know that God is looking at your life from above. On the throne saying, when life is unfair, I'm in control. But God, what about this one? I have a plan for that. But God, this one really hurt me. I know, but I'm going to work it. But God, how am I going to get out of this one? You'll see. You can trust God. Who's out of control. You You can trust God who is so under control. That you don't have to live your life with this fear and this panic of what if and why. You see, when God healed this man, God never even told him why he allowed him to be this way for 40 years. 40 years with God doing nothing. Does it ever feel like God is doing nothing in your life? And all of a sudden, God just says, today is the day. So no matter how long you've been in a situation, God can change it in one day. God can change it in one circumstance. So how do you remain under control? Is by knowing that God is under control. When your life isn't. You want to know how 
under control God is? Acts 4, 4, the chapter right after says, many who heard the message, see Peter, he used this man as a testimony. He used this man's 40-year problem and deliverance to preach a message to people of what Jesus can do. Peter said, what Jesus did for this man, he can do for your life. And as a result, the Bible says 5,000 people believed in Jesus. Come on, how good is God? This man couldn't understand it. This man couldn't see it. But when it was over, God used it for good and for his glory. 5,000 people are in heaven today because of this man. And his testimony. And maybe God is saying, listen, I allowed this to happen in your life because your brokenness could actually be someone else's deliverance. Your brokenness can actually serve to help other people. You may not like it. It may seem unfair. But if you can trust me with your broken pieces, you can see what I bring about it. That's why through pain, through struggle, through divorce, through sickness, through any problem, God says, I use everything. I use everything. 5,000 people because of the testimony of this man's brokenness came to Christ. That's why God says, comfort those with the comfort you yourself have received from me. God allows you to go through brokenness so that in the end, you can help someone else with their brokenness. But in order for you to reach someone, God is saying you have to know what they're going through. So let me break you a little. You see, this man's life was so out of control. It was unfair. But here's the sad truth about this man. Number one, verse two. This man didn't trust in Jesus right away. Let's be honest, he did not. He looked at Peter and John. We assume that this man knew who they were. But did you notice that Peter had to grab his attention? Because as soon as this man saw Peter and John, he looked away. It was almost like he wanted nothing to do with the gospel. He turned away. He said, oh, there's a Christian. Oh, my gosh. He turned his attention on other things. He did not want Jesus. Maybe because he was bitter. Maybe because he was upset. And if God loves me and if Jesus has a plan, why did he make me lame? Why did he make me crippled? Why did he do this? Why did he do that? There is a lot of people that want nothing to do with Jesus because their lives are broken. But don't you know that when your life is broken, the number one person you need in your life is Jesus? And the very person he was turning away from was the one person that would never turn away from him. And actually, the very person he thought he didn't need was the very person he needed to get saved and to get healed. But before this man got healed, he tried other things. Let me show you one of them. Verse 2. The Bible says, Now a man crippled from birth, remember, unfair, can we say unfair? Unfair, thank you. All right, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called what? Beautiful. Beautiful. How ironic is this? That this man was carried and laid every day at a gate called Beautiful. Why? The gate called Beautiful is an actual gate that's adorned with gold and silver. This man thought what he needed was money. And that gate called beautiful 
was so beautiful that the wealthiest of people went through that gate to go to church. This man's smart. He said, hey, put me where all the rich people are. Because I need money. But ironically, this man chose to be laid on the beautiful gate. Yet he was still broken. Ironically, that's how many of us live our lives. Ironically, many beautiful people are broken inside. Many people have beautiful homes, a beautiful house, but a messed up home. Oh, the house is beautiful, but inside the house there's fighting. There's dividing. There's thoughts of divorce. Rebellious children. Beautiful, beautiful home though. Love the garden. So many churches today are beautiful. Back in the day, a church was a pew, a pulpit, and a pastor that can talk loud enough. If you were rich, you had some air conditioning. Now you go to a church in the U.S., multi-million dollar facilities. Children's programs that are so advanced. State-of-the-art this and the latest that and lights and worship teams that could be in the Grammys. Beautiful building, beautiful church. Deep down inside, filled with broken people who aren't getting fixed. We have so many broken people that choose to outwardly just look beautiful. And that's what happens in life. You see, suppose now I get this beautiful vase. Don't worry, I'm not. It's beautiful. Belonged to my aunt who passed away. It's priceless. Beautiful and expensive. She traveled the world. She loved to travel. Who knows where this is from? So what I do is I'm going to just put my broken pieces here. You know, this is what a lot of us do with God. God, I'm broken, but I'm going to just hide it. Just going to hide it. My, my marriage is messed up. I'm not going to tell anyone. My kids want nothing to do with God, but I can't talk about that. My life with God is just, I don't really, I, I don't even think I have faith anymore. My life, my finances, my health, my mental health, everything in my life is broken. I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. I think of suicide. What's the point? It's useless. I'm unhappy all the time. But I'm just going to cover it with beauty. Just going to look, look, look at me. Smile. But you'll never know underneath. I'm broken. Isn't that what we do with life? You know, monopoly, yeah, it's unfair and it, it will break you. It will bankrupt you. But you know how sick this game is? This game teaches us that life is all about what you can get. And being on top. And there's so many broken people that say, well, maybe if I just fill my life with money. And you know what? I, I'm going to just have the nice car. Remember that one? And, and oh, the boat. We don't need a boat. Trust me on that one. Yeah, the nice boat. And maybe there's a man with a horse. Some of you are broken. You think a man's going to save you? Okay, that's nice. Yeah. And some of your life is broken. But at least I have my little dog. No puppy. No, I'm going to put that there. 
and there's a nice hat here. Ladies, you can never have enough shoes, right? So you're going to put shoes there and nice clothes. And here you're going to have what? Oh, this is actually nice. Collect a hundred dollars. That's great. And I'm going to have my little properties and I'm going to have my house. I'm going to have my business, my little hotel, everything I'm going to have. Here's the truth. You're filled with that. This is the American dream. But why is America so broken? Because you can outwardly be so beautiful, but remain broken on the inside if you fill yourself with things that are not going to fix you. And so many of us say, well, if I had more money, and I had this, and I had that, I'd be a lot happier. This man, ironically, was at a gate adorned with gold and silver because that's what he wanted. And every day he was under that gate filled with money and beauty. And every day it still didn't work. Stayed broken. Could that be what's wrong with you? God says, hey, you go ahead. You fill your life with that. You're going to stay empty. Oh, you're going to be beautiful. But you're going to stay broken. Because only God can fill you. No, in fact, God says in 1 Samuel 16, 7, He says, The Lord does not look at the thing man looks at. Come on, isn't that so true from life? We just look. The Bible says man looks at the outside appearance. Isn't that what we do to judge a person? We look at what they have, what they wear, where they live, what they drive, what they own, where they vacation, and we determine their worth. We look at their smile. We look at their social media. We look at their beautiful pictures, their filter pictures. We look at everything. They look perfect. And we say, wow, they're so happy. Look, on the outside, they're beautiful. But could it be that we today in our sick society like Monopoly have chosen this lie that life is all about what you can get out of it. But listen, in the end of this game, you end up like the game, inside a box. And then what? Oh, you're beautiful. My question is, not if you're beautiful. My question is, are you broken? Samuel said, man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. God sees past the beauty. And he says, I'm looking at your heart right now. You need me. You're broken. You came to church today and all you did was this. It's time to worship. Don't I worship so nice? Let me shake a few hands, hug people, hold my Bible, listen to Pastor David. I might say amen or two times. I might say great service, Pastor. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to smile. I'm going to go out to lunch with my church people. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But when I get home, I'm going to stay broken. But you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Verse 5. This man was trying to fill his life with beautiful, stayed broken. Number two, this man gave them his attention. Finally, he gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. How many of you treat God like this? Okay, I'll give you my attention, but you better give me something. I'll give you my attention, but I want that promotion. I'll give you my attention, but I want that spouse. I'll give you my attention, God, but I really want that house. Isn't that the lie that the prosperity gospel in our country is being spread out with? You give God your attention, and you got to expect something great's going to happen. He gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. 
And Peter said, I don't have nothing. Money, gold, silver, I can't give you that. You know what this teaches? Life is so out of control. Ready? Not only is life so out of control like this man is unfair. Life is so out of control, it's unexpected. This man expected to get something. But didn't. Let me ask you this question, church. You guys enjoying this series so far? Man. Let me ask you this question. Has life been so unexpected for you that you feel God has forgotten you? He expected to get money, but quickly was disappointed. Life is so uncontrollable. You're going to be disappointed. It's not going to be what you expect. And maybe today you're here and your expectations have failed you. You expected something for your future, it never happened. You expected something when you got married, it never happened. You expected something from a certain person, it didn't happen. Life is so uncontrollable that your expectations of it will fail. Your expectations will fail and it's going to feel like God has let you down. When I became a pastor, I expected it to be easy. I said, well, I got a gift. I can preach. I can do it. It's going to be awesome. Never expected 80% of the things my family and I have gone through. When I sit down with couples that are getting married, they're expecting that they're the ones that are never going to fight. They're going to stay together. When you get married, you never expect divorce. But I've handled more divorce than I have marriages. Because life is unexpected. Did you think just two years ago that we would all be in church wearing masks? Here we are. Did you ever expect that she would be telling people, Get, okay, here, hi, nice to meet you. Face bump. Life is unexpected. But see, this is what happens when the dice just never go in your favor. And you land in places you never thought. You know what's interesting about Monopoly? How, how ridiculous we can get? We count the squares ahead, don't we? Come on, guilty. You know, you want boardwalk? And you say, as soon as I get out of jail, I'm going to get that boardwalk. And, then, and right when you're there, you go like this. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, seven. I need a seven. Come on, seven. seven. And guess what? Literally, a four comes out. Isn't that what happened in your life? You counted ahead and you go, okay, in one, two, three, five years, I'm going to get married. Two more years, I'm going to have kids. This and this and this, this, I'm going to get retired. This and this and this, I'm going to have my house. This and this and this, I'm going to get that car. And then what happens? None of it. Just didn't happen the way you thought. This man's life was unexpected, but you know why it was unexpected? Because God is so in control. You think, well, what does that mean? Well, this man shows us a real big problem we all have. Ready? We all think we know what we need. Is that not true? We all think we know what we need. Lord, I need my promotion. Lord, I need my man. Lord, I need this. I need that. Lord, I need it. But listen, could it be 
that what you need is actually a want and what you want is not what you need. What you need is actually a want. What you want, God says, you don't need that. What did this man think he needed? Money. No, he wanted money. Did he need it? No. Never helped him. Could it be then, church, God is so under control when you're out of control that he says, you know that the unexpected failures in your life means I have something better. Because you already know he's working. But could it be that when life, the expectations of life fail, I don't have to get mad. I don't have to compare. I don't have to get jealous. I don't have to get sad. I don't have to say, why? I can just say, well, guess I didn't need that one. And maybe God just has something better. The unexpected failures in life are never unexpected to God. And in Jesus' name, be glad it didn't work. Be glad. It didn't work. Some of you, you look back in your life of people you wanted to get married, you look at their Facebook now and you say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I can't believe I cried over that person. As a Christian, you gotta be you gotta tell yourself, listen, it didn't work out the way I thought, but it doesn't mean God stops working. Philippians 4:19, God tells to a church, what I think he's telling this church, my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. My God will meet all your needs. God didn't say wants, though. He said needs. You want to have more peace in your out-of-control life? Stop telling God what you want. You say, Lord, I thank you because you'll meet what I need. I don't know why God, I don't know, but we've been like the Israelites just traveling from church to church, location to location for years, right? And I tell God, I need a building. No, God, I don't know what we need. I just say, God, you'll meet my needs. Stop telling God what you, what you think you need. And trust Him just to meet it. Lastly, what's sad about this man teaches us a lot about life. Not only is life uncontrollable, unfair, not only in life do we choose to hide it with beauty, not only in life is it so unexpected, but you know what's just outstanding to me? Verse 2 the Bible says in verse 2, a man was crippled from birth, being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day. Can I say it with you? Every day. You know what life is? It's so out of your control. that you're going to be doing the same thing every day. Isn't that what hurts you the most? Every day. Same thing every day. My kids annoy me every day. <laughs> My husband, I love him, but every day. My wife, I love her, but pastor... Every day. I got to go to this job every day. You mean I'm going to wake up to this every day? You know why this is so important? Life is a routine. And that's what, what people, that's why a lot of people run away, because we don't like routine. I need something new in my life. No, you don't. 
Well, every day I just get up, I go to work, go home, go to kids, cook, clean, go to bed. Every day. Why? It's life. Every day. But here's the thing, I got to tell you though. Life is every day. Every day. It's so routine, it's like not a surprise anymore. And if you would have told this man, hey, one day you're going to walk, he would say, no, I'm not. Why? I've been this way every day. Because you're doing something every day, there's a temptation to settle and believe that it's never going to change. I've been this way for so long. I've been dealing with this for so long. Why would it ever change? And even though this man was going through this every day, God said, one day I'm going to change it. One day is all it's going to take for me to change this around. And bring something good out. But then there's something I learned about this. I said, wait a minute. Here's something sad about this man. He did the same thing every day and it never worked. You know how many people I know are doing the same thing every day and they want God to change it? And you're doing the same sin every day and you think God's going to bless you. You do the same thing every day and you think God's just going to transform it. But see, what this man needed to do different was he needed to stop asking for money. And he needed to trust in Jesus. So maybe you've been doing the same thing and it's no wonder you're stuck. And God says, you need to start doing something different and you need to start doing it with me. And this man, every day, same thing. But this was the day that God said, I'm about to change everything. And I don't know who I'm speaking to, maybe here or online right now, but life is so uncontrollable and so unexpected that it can change at any day. So don't settle. Don't settle. As we close, maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, I've settled for a life of brokenness. I've settled for a life of emptiness. I've settled and and I'm just going to look nice and smile and do what I need to do every day, but deep down inside I'm going to be empty. I'm going to just stay broken. God says, don't settle for broken. Don't settle for this. I'm going to bring something out better. What's so interesting about this man is what he needed was Jesus. And Maybe you're broken here this morning and I'm telling you with love, what you need is not more money, not a nicer house, not a different relationship, not another outfit, not another this, not another that. What you need to do is let Jesus in. Because only He can bring about the new, the better, the restored in your life. Has money worked? Has pleasure worked? Has your addiction worked? Has relationships worked? Has not having nice things worked? It's no wonder you're beautiful, but you're broken. You're beautiful, but you're empty. This man trusted in money, didn't work. Did you notice that the Bible says in verse 2 that every day they would pick him up and let him down? 
they would pick him up and let him down. They would pick him up and let him down. And when I read that, the Lord spoke into my heart and says, you need to tell someone in your church that you are trusting in people to pick you up. But the only thing they're going to do is let you down. They picked him up for a season, for a moment. But they let him down. Because people will let you down. Life will let you down. But in verse 7, when Peter saw this man, the Bible says he took him by the right hand. The right hand in Scripture was always a symbol of God. It was a symbol of Jesus who sits at my right hand. That's why the Bible says Jesus will sit at the right hand of the Father. This was a symbol of God. When Peter came to Peter, when Peter came to this man, he said, they let you down, right? Yeah. The money, did it work? No. Are you broken? Yes. Are you empty? Yes. Do you want to change? Do you want to live like this every day? No. Take my right hand. When Jesus, when Peter extended that right hand, he was saying, try it God's way. You need Jesus in your life. You need Jesus. And when Peter helped him up, instantly the man's feet and ankle became strong again. Everything else let him down. People let him down. Life let him down. Money let him down. Nothing worked. But when Peter said, money I don't have, but in the name of Jesus, this is what I can give you. Peter used the word give because it's a free gift from God. Salvation is a free gift. And God says you can have it. But you got to take my hand. But so many people say, like this man did in the beginning, I'm not interested. Your attention is on something else. But when God got his attention through Peter, he said, today is the day. Like God said, this is the day. Today is the day of salvation. What are you going to do? You're going to stay thinking that money is what you need? You're going to stay thinking that people's what's going to help you? Or are you going to take this free gift of Jesus and try it? Because God is in control. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, I hear this all the time in churches and I realize it's so far from the truth of what the Bible says. You ever been to a church? I, I've preached this too, and I'm sorry I was wrong. But in church, people say, oh, God is going to repair you. God is going to fix you. God is going to take your broken pieces and put it back together. Have I ever said that? Yes, I was wrong. Have you ever heard that before? They were wrong. Because if I would put this back together with super glue or whatnot, would it ever be the same? No. And the Bible says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. God doesn't want to fix you. He wants to make you new. And religion won't do it. This man thought money would do it. Didn't work. This man thought people would do it. They let him down. This man went to the temple, outside the temple, where he knew religious people would be there. He thought religion was going to do it. Religion doesn't save you. Jesus does. So it's not by, oh, I go to church, I pray, I light candles, I do that. Guess what else you do? You stay broken. This man needed Jesus. And he had to recognize he needed him. 
He doesn't want, God doesn't want to fix you. He wants to make you new again. He says, I want the old pieces gone from your life. And the new is going to come. Surrender your broken pieces to me. Surrender your life to me. Trust in me. You tired of trusting in religion? I'm Buddhist, I'm Catholic, I'm a Santero, I'm this, I'm that. Are you saved? Have you trusted your life in Jesus Christ? Have you trusted in people? But been let down? Have you trusted in money, material possessions, but have been let down? Jesus says, when are you going to surrender to me? Because God says, when you surrender to me, things new again. You trust me with your past. You trust me with your brokenness. It is gone in the name of Jesus. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. This is what you can have in Jesus Christ and only in Jesus Christ. You never expected this to come out, right? And I'm telling you, you don't know what God is able to bring out when you trust Him. Let's pray today. Out of control. Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone here this morning, for everyone listening online, whose lives are out of control. They've trusted in money, have been let down. They've trusted in religion, have been let down. They've trusted in people have been let down. Life has hit them. They're broken, Lord, but there's someone here today that needs you. That truly needs you. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've believed, what you've done. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Will you continue to live your life every day like you've done and still remain empty and broken? Or will today be the day you say, I need Jesus? Will February 28, 2001 be the day you give your life to Jesus Christ? Or would it be just another day? And you may be here today and say, well, Pastor, I'm a Christian. I'm a born-again believer, but I'm still broken. I'll get to you now. But who I, I want to preach to, to this morning is that those that once and for all say, Pastor, I understand now what Jesus did. I believe. And I want my sins forgiven. I want my past and my present and my future sins erased. And I want to be made new again. That's what Jesus has done for you. If this is you today, I want to lead you in this prayer. But I want you to put that hand up. No one's looking around. Every head bowed. Every eye is closed. You put that hand up today. And you say, Pastor, I want to surrender my life to Jesus today. And if you're here this morning, 
Maybe you're online. I want to lead you in this prayer. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Lord, I need to surrender my brokenness to you. You pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for not trusting in you. But today I make that choice. Come into my heart. Come into my life. As I surrender. Save me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Make me new again in Jesus' name. And if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I'm a born-again believer. I'm a born-again Christian. I've given my life to Jesus. But life has hit me hard. I'm broken. I'm not, my attention is not where it needs to be. And I need to surrender what I can't control to the Lord today. If you're here this morning and something is out of control, it is out of your control, you need to surrender it to the Lord. Let's all stand to our feet so I can pray with you. Father, if there's something out of control in your life, put that hand up today. Say, Lord, and tell the Lord what's out of your control right now. Come on, tell him. But say, Lord, I will not fear it. I will not stress it. I will not complain about it. It is out of my control, but it is completely under your control. You work all things for good for those who love you, Lord. And I trust in your divine plan to bring something out unexpected. And in your timing, Lord, I will trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. God, give God some praise this morning. God bless you guys.